0: Well, before I get into the message, I just really sense in my spirit, I just need to remind myself, all of us really, of what God said last year. Because God said a whole lot of prophetic words to the church. And the truth is, who's the church? It's not the walls. We're the church. And so when God said, acceleration of expansion, that's for us. And we personally, or as families, should be seeing acceleration of expansion. You know, we should actually be seeing. It's a new era of conquest. I don't know what area that could be for you, but it's for you. You know, you should be seeing it. You know, um, the power of unity. The power of unity is not just in here. It's at home. It's at the workplace. You know, God has been saying those things. We are global ministers. Do you remember that? You are a global minister. Whether it's down in Henderson or it's in Fiji or on the other side of the world, we are global ministers everywhere we go. And we all have a supernatural, not, vocate, not vacation, but vocation. You know, we actually have, every single one of us, no matter what you do, whether you're a plumber or a school teacher or you actually do work at the office, we all have a supernatural vocation. And we need to understand that because where you go tomorrow, God is as interested in that as when you come here to church. And, and I'm just hoping some of these are like stirring in your spirit. We serve the Lord of mighty breakthroughs. You know, we serve a God who wants to break through in your situation. And, and I think sometimes we forget that. But when the situation comes, it's like, no, God, you've said it. And not just, oh, yeah, God, you're a God of mighty breakthroughs. But, no, you've said it to us that we're going to be experiencing it. And you know the other one that jumps out? The moments or encounters with God. And that's not just for inside church services. That's at home. That's in the prayer room. That's in life groups. It's everywhere. You know, God is saying, it's time that we really encounter Him. Because you know what the world is looking for? Something's re- something that is real. And the question is, have you got that vibrant relationship? So, I don't know whether one of those jumped in your spirit, but I know that God wanted to remind us that those words that were said are still in play and in those words are the power to see them fulfilled. So, why don't you grab it and declare it You know, at home, just prophesy it into your family. God, we're going to see a change. We're going to see a breakthrough. We're going to see a new era conquered. Whatever it is, you know, there's so many different words. Maybe it's a family member or a friend who needs to be saved. You know, is that a conquest? Is that a breakthrough? Is that acceleration? And seeing whatever it is, you grab it and you declare it and prophesy it because we are going to see it. Well. I can't believe that a week's already gone in 2017. I mean, I remember when it was 2000 and I was 20. <laughs> now I'm old, but you know, the things just go so fast. But you know, at the start of every year we have some New Year's resolutions and, and to be honest, I haven't had the best week at all. You know, you're at home, and you're around eating a lot of food. But I did go for a run at the end of last year. I almost died and I haven't done it again, but I should do it. You know, you know what I heard though? I heard there's a number of youth who actually went the whole of 2016 without drinking any fizzy drink at all for the whole year. That's a resolution. I heard of somebody who said they're not going to have any McDonald's this year. That's probably a good idea. I couldn't do it because the kids like the playgrounds too much. But you know. but you know, whatever resolution you set out to do, they're done with the de- desire to succeed. Is that right? You know, we don't ever set out to fail. We don't want to fail, we want to succeed, right? This year we want to be successful. We don't want to lose, we want to? We want to win. And it doesn't matter in what area. And I believe that God made every single one of us with that desire, to be victorious. He gave it to us. And you know, last week, if you were here or if you weren't, I'm going to recap it a little bit. But Pastor Tark... She had an amazing, powerful message on amazing grace. And you know, he defined amazing grace as this. It's going to be up on the screen to remind you, but the supernatural ability of God to be victorious in every situation. You know, let me say that again. The ability from God to be victorious every day. You know, for us to grab that this year is so powerful. Pastor Tuck also said, put it another way, the empowering presence of God that enables you and me, to be who God has created us to be, to do what he has called us to do. The truth is God's amazing grace is available to us all to enable us to be victorious in every situation, no matter what we face. You know, there was a verse that really jumped out at me, Isaiah 41 verse 10, and God said, I will strengthen you. Maybe you need to grab that for this year. I, yes, I will help you. What a great verse to think about. You know, I, this is God speaking, I will strengthen you. Then he mentioned Romans 5 verse 20. Where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Man, it's such a powerful message. But I'm going to bounce off that message, amazing grace, to something that I feel God laid on my heart for today. And it's almost a little bit like part two, but crowbarring it in maybe. So this morning, I want to look at the thought, the battle within. Now, this photo here is in a photo of me and Zach, (laughs) although maybe that's how Zach looks at it when I go to wrestle with him. I don't think I'm quite there yet, but you know, but the sumo is going to make sense in a moment, but let's just pray. Father, right now, as we join together around your word, Father, I just pray that there's some lasting fruit some lasting impact, Lord, through the scriptures we read, through the things we think about, God, that we're changed. God, there's a change in our thinking. There's a change in our understanding. Maybe there's a change in our expectation. God, I really want, Lord, in my life and all of our lives, Lord, that there's a lasting change, lasting fruit. Lord, through the time we have together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm going to be a little bit honest with you this morning. For my family, it's not going to come as a surprise, but I'm not perfect. (laughs) I may have grown up in in church all my life, but like the rest of us, I'm a sinner. And I could list all the sins that I do, but I won't. I do want to admit that I speed in the car, although Officer Noel is over there, so please don't give me a ticket. But I don't do it too often. I do get a little bit frustrated, a lot frustrated with the kids especially when I'm home with them all the time. I, I, stay home dads, man. I, don't, I just don't. Anyway. And I certainly don't say the right thing all the time. You know, foot and mouth disease, I have that a lot. I could keep on going, but I won't. But then there's the other side of the coin. What about the things that I know I should do, but I don't? Like inviting our new neighbor to church over Christmas that we just didn't quite manage to do. You know, some days I really feel like I'm winning in life, and other days I feel like I'm a complete failure. I don't know if you've ever asked yourself this question, but, you know, why? After so many years of being a Christ follower, after, you know, coming to church and reading my Bible and praying and doing all the things I do, why have I not conquered sin in my life? Why have I not overcome it? Why am I tempted still every day to sin? Well, why don't we turn to Galatians 5, verse 17, because I think it has a bit of an answer there. Okay, it's up on the screen as well. It says, The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Therefore, two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. This is the battle within that I'm talking about, the battle of right versus wrong, of good versus evil, that is raging inside of each one of us every day. You know, Jody and I, uh, late last year, started going along to this parenting course, and one of the revelations that we got out of that was that when our children, Zach and Emma, were born, or any ch- child for that matter, They're born imperfect. They aren't the little perfect angel that you see or think. Sorry, Dan and Julia. (laughs) Or anyone who's got little kids. In fact, they are born with a heart that is bent towards sin. See, as parents, we don't have to just protect our kids from the things of the world, from the bad things, and they will stay perfect and pure. Because they actually already have a sinful nature inside of them. We don't have to teach them to disobey. They just do it. Don't know if you've seen that. You know, somehow they just like to take things that aren't theirs. It's what's inside of them. And what I'm basically saying to every one of us is from the day we are born to the day we die, there's a battle that we're going to face. And that is the battle to do right. And that really is point number one this morning. There is a battle raging inside of you, inside of each one of us. Turn with me to Romans uh, 7 verse 15, and I'm going to read some of Apostle Paul's words, the one who wrote most of the New Testament. He writes a very honest letter to us, and I'm going to paraphrase it from some words that Rick Warren wrote. It's on the screens, but you're also going to see it in your Bible. Romans 7 verse 15. I do not understand myself at all. Where I really want to do what is right but can't. I do what I want to, don't want to do, what I hate. I know perfectly well that what I'm doing is wrong and my bad conscience proves that I agree with these laws I'm breaking. But I cannot help myself because I'm no longer doing it. It is the sin inside me that is stronger than I am that makes me do these evil things. It seems to be a fact of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love to do God's will so far as my new nature is concerned. But there is something else deep within me that is at war with my mind and wins the fight that makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Are these words ringing in your heart? And you're like, yeah, that that sounds a bit like me. In my mind, I want to do want to be God's willing servant, but instead I find myself still enslaved to sin. So you see, how is it? My new life tells me to do right, but the old nature that is still inside me loves to sin. Oh, what a terrible predicament I'm in. Who will free me from the slavery to this deadly behavior? Thank God. It has been done by Jesus Christ the Lord. He has set me free. See, what I love about that passage is that here, Apostle Paul, he is just so real. He's just so honest. He didn't try to say, I'm perfect. Actually, in 1 Timothy 1, he says that he's the chief of sinners. You know, I can relate to what he wrote there in Romans. Maybe you can too. He understood the inner battle that we all experience. Let's look in your Bibles at verse 15. This is from the New King James. For what? I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. In other words, even Paul, the great apostle, he faced that clash, that battle between doing good and doing what is bad that you and I face. The best way I guess I I picture it and to illustrate it in the sermon is like this. Sitting on our shoulder, there's a good conscience. There's the spirit whispering in our ear to tell us to do the right thing. But on the other shoulder, whispering into our ear, is our old nature. Even the devil whispering in our ear, telling us to do and follow through on our feelings and just do it anyway. Which brings me to point number two we will never be free from temptation. Luke 17 verse 1 says, One day, uh, says, when Jesus was talking to disciples, there will always be temptation to sin. Many of us think that if we are tempted to sin, we've already lost. But that's not the truth. The temptation isn't sin. Many of us feel defeated when we feel that temptation, but it's not. Look at Hebrews 4 verse 15. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet did not sin. See, I don't think this verse is just talking about the time in the desert, because Jesus was man. He was here on earth. He got tempted as a child, he got tempted as a teenager, he got tempted as an adult. But he was able to overcome those temptations. He knows what we're facing. You know, just this week, as I was preparing for this message, I was on the computer, and all of a sudden, something popped up that wasn't good. And I was like, X. I just quickly just shut it down. But it was like just there, straight in front of me. And I was like, you know, how easy would it be to just give in temptem- to temptation? You know, it's there in front of us. It's just there all the time, stuff, especially in this world that we live in. But the temptation isn't sin. It's what we do with that thought or that situation that leads to sin. Now turn with me to 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. Because this is where amazing grace comes in. Because God always provides a way out. No temptation has ever overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. Hear that? God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted, tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape. That you may be able to endure it. You know, the first thing in that verse is temptation is common to man, and it's a it's a power to over, it's a power that can overtake you. Temptation is powerful, but facing it doesn't mean you have to instantly give in to it. You know, amazing grace is there. It's the ability to be victorious in every situation, and God won't allow us to be tempted beyond what we can handle. And if you remember last week, Pastor Tark used the illustration of the hands. doesn't matter what situation you're facing, whether it's a thumb size or whatever size, the grace is there to match it. That's amazing grace that's available for us to overcome. So practically speaking, how do we escape, win, or have victory over these temptations, over this battle that's raging inside of us? You know, our temptations, our attempt to control sin is like trying to tame a wild animal. Maybe you've seen it on TV or in a circus. You know, people try to make snakes or crocodiles, but usually lions to act like little kittens. The handler wants the lion to just sit there and be playful and be nice and to look cuddly. They want the lion to stop being a lion, but the problem is it's a lion. A lion has instincts. The lion wants to hunt. The lion wants to kill. You know, I actually preach a message about caged lions, and that's the truth. They are wild animals that want to break free. But let's take that analogy to sin. Because you can't take the wildness away from a lion. And sin isn't a kitten either. Sin is a lion. Sin wants to mess you up. You know, we want to put our sin on a little chain and control it. I go, I've got this under control. I've got my, this little area that I just keep slipping into. I've, I've got it on a leash. I've got it sorted. But it doesn't work that way because sin will harm us. Sin will take us out. This is point number three. We need to get a revelation of the effect and the power of sin because it is powerful. It will take us somewhere. But really, it's a whole message in itself. But have a think about, you know, sin, it's not only going to take you to an eternity in hell when you leave this earth. But here, there's consequences. You know, we have consequences with our relationships, with our families, with our spouses, with our kids, or with our parents because of sin. If we allow it to come into our life. You know, the Bible says sin. the consequences of sin get passed down to the third and fourth generation. That's like grandkids and great-grandkids because of what we do. You know, Science is even confirming what the Bible has said for years, that sin affects us physically and mentally. And then, of course, sin has a massive effect on our relationship with God and our spirit man. See, there are consequences that may not become apparent right away. But over time, if you continue falling to the battle within and listening to the wrong voices that are sitting on your shoulder, you'll keep giving more power to those voices, to our sinful nature. And we can't do that. We've got to stop that. And this is where the sumo wrestler comes in. See, because you and I, we have habits or sins that we struggle with more than other areas. The more we give in to those temptations, the bigger they get. A bit like a sumo wrestler. See, a sumo wrestler wasn't born that big. It took a lot of eating. I would say a lot of determination or maybe a lot of self control to get that size. I mean that's pretty big. But the point is we don't do something about the weak if we don't do something about the weakness that's in our lives, they keep getting bigger. They keep getting bigger and they keep getting bigger until they are sumo sized. You know what? The American Indians have a, a wise saying that that really captures this quite strongly. And I want us to think about this. It's up here on the screen. And they pass it down from generation to generation. It says, My son, there's a battle between two wild foxes, wild wolves inside us all. One is evil. It's anger, jealousy, greed, resentment, inferiority, lies and ego. The other is good. It's joy, peace, love, hope, humility, kindness and truth. The boy thinks about it and asks, Grandfather, which wolf wins? What's the answer? The one you and I feed. The one we feed. What we feed grows, and what grows becomes the dominant force within our lives. Sin never stands still. Think about that. Sin never stands still. It either grows or withers, depending on whether you're feeding it or starving it. And this is point four, what you feed will win. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and tell them, what you feed will win. It's an interesting thought, isn't it? Which side wins the battle in your mind? You know, Proverbs 23 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And Jesus said, the lamp of the body is the eye. When your eye is good, your body will be full of light. When your eye or your eyes are bad, you will be full of darkness. See, a daily diet of violence, lust, anger, gossip, negative thinking, even depression will feed the sinful nature. One of the reasons why men and women struggle with lust and anger is because they feed these emotions continually throughout the day. You know, it's really difficult to avoid sexual sin or outbursts of anger while continually watching media programs that promote these things. As a matter of fact, you know, many cases of sexual violence can all be linked back to pornography. You know, where the opposite is true. The great theologian Matthew Henry said, "'The more we follow that which is good, the faster and further we shall flee that which is evil.'" How powerful is that? Let's think about that. The more we follow that which is good, the faster and the further we will flee that which is evil. In the end, the choice is yours. When it comes to what you watch, what you listen to. But why would we be willing to walk in the enemy's camp? Why would you feed the wrong desires and the wrong thoughts? That's how they end up winning the spiritual war that's going on inside of us because we keep feeding them. So I want to practically demonstrate my final and fifth point. The one I hope that you guys are going to remember the most. The point is, starve the sumo, feed the spirit. Why don't you say that? Starve the sumo, feed the spirit. Now, I want to say I came up with that line myself, but I actually first read it in this book, Every Young Man's Battle, many, many years ago. But they were just using that thought with relation to sexual sin, but it's much broader than that. It's every area of life. If you keep feeding the wrong area, it keeps growing. You know, Every one of us has weaknesses, things that we're more susceptible to, temptations that are harder to resist than other areas of sin. Maybe it's negative thinking or self-doubt or lying. Of course, it could be pornography, but what about gossip or you know, negative words that we keep saying? Maybe your area of weakness is money or alcohol or drugs. You know, the list could go on and on. But these are the things that keep getting bigger in our lives if we don't deal with them. But it's also those other areas that we seem to keep forgetting to do like time with God, or actually investing time in family. The more we don't do those things, the bigger the sumo of not doing them becomes, because we keep feeding that. You know, we we need to be smart. How do we take on these sumos? Now, I'm going to ask Tim to come and join me, because I want to illustrate this. So let's put our hands together as Tim comes, because he's being very brave doing this. Come on, that's awesome, isn't it? (laughs) Who thinks Adrian should do this in the next service? See, I want to demonstrate this. Imagine, you know, you guys, you had to join a sumo fight. Now, you know, we could come and we could, you know, start boxing a sumo, but it's not going to do anything because sumo's are massive. You know, I could try and tackle Tim, but if he was actually a real sumo, I'd, I'd just bounce off. But the question is actually how big are we in the spirit man as well while we're taking on the sumo? See, the key isn't just fighting. The key isn't just trying to tackle. The smart thing is to come and be smart and to starve the sumo. Watch this. I don't want to break it. I need it in three services. You see that? If we starve the sumo, the sumo comes down to defeatable size does that make sense Do we get that see tim's really skinny come on give it up for tim thank you but can you see that we have sumos in our lives the question is how big are they the question is how big do we allow them to get but as they shrink down imagine if we turn this picture around All of a sudden, our spirit man is the sumo. Well, maybe not a sumo. Maybe more like a picture of, some would say now say, an MMA fighter, but probably more like Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Terminator. You know, our spirit man was that size. And and the sumo was now just a little kid. Well, it'd just be like just brushing it off every time a temptation comes. But see, the thought is we've got to starve it. We've got to stop feeding it. We've got to take it away. You know, we've got to stop putting ourselves in those situations that lead to sin. Now, I don't laugh out loud because I feel it's quite sad, but inside me, I laugh when I hear of unmarried Christian couples living in the same house and say, so, Oh, no, we're being pure. I'm like, Whatever. We're humans. You know, who are you kidding? You know, all the movies that are out there and the TV. You know, you've got to turn off the wrong things. What are you feeding your eyes? What are you feeding your spirit? Because what you feed becomes bigger. You know, I'm preaching here to myself. What we feed will become bigger. But what we starve will shrink. And we need to feed our spirit man so our spirit becomes the giant. So I want to invite you to join with me this year in starving the sumo, or if we're probably honest, the sumos in our lives. See, to conclude, please don't let this message condemn you. We all have giants, maybe even addictions, area of weaknesses that we keep getting tempted with, and we're going to keep getting tempted. The question is, how easy is it to win that war that goes on inside of us? How easy is it? The temptation will not go, but the voice on our shoulder will become less and become a lot easier to overcome. Hebrews 4 verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we maintain, obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. Dwight Eisenhower once said, War is a terrible thing, but if you are going to get into it and let me just tell you you don't have a choice we are all in a war inside of us you've got to get into it all the way underestimating the power of the enemy or the power of that sumo in our life is a sure way to lose the war within will be with us as long as we live but here today you need to hear it is winnable it is very winnable Every one of you can win over every temptation that you're currently facing. But the key is you've got to starve it. You've got to starve it and starve it and build up the spirit man. It's no good having two little kids there. You've got to have a big spirit. But we can't be half-hearted. If we fully engage in the battle using God's resources, His amazing grace... His Holy Spirit and starving those sumos in our lives and feeding the Spirit man. Not only can we win, you will win. Amen. Amen? Amen. Why don't we have the band up, please? What, please? Join with me this year. You know, don't make a New Year's resolution to lose weight. You can do that too. Make a resolution to starve. Maybe one, maybe two. You know, can you think of one area that you need to start starving? Hey, we're gonna stand up and we're gonna sing that song, Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. Because I think that's the place to start. You know, don't hear that you have to do it yourself. The grace is there. The grace is there, church, to overcome this. So let's sing that amazing grace. Let's allow the power of God to just come and fill this place and give us hope.